This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It's good to be with you this morning. It says in verse 19, and uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at in Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. It says, then God said, no. You go, what's God saying no to? God's saying no to Abraham, which means what was Abraham doing? He's chuckling. He was laughing. He was laughing about Sarah being pregnant. Now, I don't know that he was laughing out of unbelief. Let me say this about it. If y'all know, I'm not, I'm not, I guess what you'd call reverent as far as God's concerned a lot of times. And when I, what I mean by that, it's not that I don't think he's holy and that he's awesome and that he's wonderful. But so many times we we put on this false piety about God. We, we want to act, we're holier than thou. And the truth is that God made the universe we live in. And one of the things that is quite evident in the universe is humor. And there are things that are humorous to us. There are things that are funny to us. There are things that are, they just don't make sense to us in the way we see things. Now, that doesn't mean that we're right in the way we see things, but they're humorous. In fact, uh, without truth as the core of whatever you're being humorous about, humor is not very funny. And so that just tells me that, uh, in fact, this whole woke movement has a lot, has totally destroyed the commit common sector of our society. Why? Because you can't make fun and have fun and laugh at things that are quite humorous because there's some element of truth to it. There is an element of truth to it. That's why it's funny. And and I don't know what Abraham was chuckling about, but I can just imagine he's got this is this wife that's over 90 years old and she's about to be pregnant. Now, that's a miracle. It's a blessing from God. And it's funny all at the same time. It really is. It's funny at the same time. And if you can't see the humor in life, you know what? To tell you the truth, you're not going to see you're not going to see the joy of life either. Part of the joy of life is being able to see the things that God has done and the things that the things that are enjoyable about those things. I do not imagine my Lord Jesus when he was on the earth being stoic. I don't think he was real pious religious. In fact, quite clear that he wasn't because First of all, the pious and the religious seem to be offended by him. And I found that the pious and the religious, generally speaking, tend to be offended by those who were those who were not pious and religious. And so they were offended by him. And what else? The sinner and the tax collector and the prostitute seem to not be offended by him, which means that even though they held him in high regard, even though he was a man of truth, he was also a man who uh, who understood us, and obviously he had a sense of humor, because if he didn't have a sense of humor, those folks would have not been around him for very long. He could easily point out, and many times if you really kind of read, if you're able to read into the Greek what he's saying, 
there's an element of humor in a lot of what Jesus says. And the reason there's an element of humor in, in a lot of what Jesus says is because there's straight truth in what Jesus says. And straight truth at times can be very humorous. I don't know what Abraham was chuckling about, but God said, no, here, I, I almost see him saying that. To, uh, said, no, really. No, Abraham, really. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And Abraham's going, Lord, I would love for that to happen, but come on now, look at her. She's not quite in shape for that right now. He said, no, she's not just, notice, he says he's not, she's not just going to get pregnant with a son. She's going to bring it, bring that son to term. She's going to bring him to term and you're going to call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And God's saying, really, Abraham, I'm telling you that I, I have planned this out. You're not just many nations. You're the father of many nations. And I'm going to do something miraculous here so that I can show you that my covenant is real and alive. He says, I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Notice, he hadn't forgot Ishmael. He never forgot Ishmael. He saw him as Elroy, the God who sees us. And God hadn't forgot Ishmael. He said, and Abraham had asked God, why don't you just make a great nation out of Ishmael? He said, no, I've got a plan. And that plan is I've made a covenant with you that you and Sarah will have children and you're going to have a child yourself through Sarah of your body, of her body, and, and he's going to carry on the covenant. But for Ishmael, I have heard you and behold, I have blessed him and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes, which means he's going to have 12 children. All He's going to have 12 children himself. And so did Isaac, both of them. He said, he shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. Notice both of them are going to be great. He says, my covenant, I will establish with Isaac. Notice the eternal plan of God for his plan for the earth. And that's important. You go, why has he got a covenant with Isaac and not a covenant with Ishmael? Because God's plan of redemption in the earth is a part of that covenant. And so in order for God to work that plan out, he has got to work that covenant plan, which means ultimately we understand that a redeemer has to come from that covenant. In order for that to happen, in order for that to happen, there has to be a plan, okay? There has to be a, a work of God individually through this line of people. And he can't do it with both. He can't, you, you can't do it with both. Notice there is, we have the Adamic covenant. Jesus is in, in the line of Adam. All of us are. We have the Noadic covenant, <clears throat> which is all of these covenants are pointing to the redemptive work of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Jesus is in the line of Noah. Okay. We understand that he's, we have, he's in the line of Noah because we all are from the line of Noah. We're all from the line of Adam. We're all from the line of Noah. All right. Then you've got the Abrahamic covenant that we have right here. Okay. All right. The Jesus is in the line of Abraham. Then you have the Mosaic covenant. And now the Mosaic covenant is a covenant, not with Moses and God. The Mosaic covenant is the covenant with God's people who Moses is leading and God. Jesus is from the children of Israel. He's from the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Okay. And I say that because finally you have the Davidic covenant and the Davidic covenant is from David. Prince will come. 
Notice that Jesus is in the line of David. Notice Jesus comes from the line of Adam, Abraham, Noah, and David, and he is a part of the Moses the Mosaic covenant, which was a covenant made with God's people, all right, with all of God's people. So you see those five covenants right there. You see those five covenants, and then five is the number of grace, okay? And then out of that, out of those five covenants comes the one singular covenant, covenant that covers all five of them, that fulfills all five of them, meaning the sixth covenant, and that is the covenant of man, okay? That's the covenant with mankind. And that covenant is fulfilled in God becoming a man, okay? It's fulfilled in God becoming a man in the form of Jesus Christ, okay? All right? And so God, remember one of Jesus' names is Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us, God as a man. Make sense? <clears throat> if you let it sink in, it makes sense. So the covenant that God's making in the Old Testament, those covenants which come about and are fulfilled in Jesus Christ, he is the fulfillment of those covenants. He's the completion of those covenants. And, and he's not destroying them or setting them apart. He is fulfilling them. So the covenant that God made with Adam uh, and his line and Eve, Jesus fulfills. The covenant that God made with Noah, that he would not destroy the earth until he redeemed it, fulfilled in Jesus. The covenant he makes with Abraham, that he'll be a great nation, and that from his line and from Isaac's line, there will come a great nation. And his everlasting or eternal contract, his everlasting covenant with Abraham will be fulfilled. Who's is fulfilled in Jesus? All right. Then you've got the Mosaic covenant, God's covenant with his people, Israel. Who? Where is that? Fulfilled in Jesus. God's covenant with David, the Davidic covenant. Whose throne does Jesus sit on? David's throne. David's covenant with God, who's it fulfilled in? Jesus. Jesus is God, the sixth covenant, the fulfillment of the five, the fulfillment of the covenants of grace of the Old Testament. He is the fulfillment of those, and he brings about ultimate the fulfillment of God's plan through the earth. And that plan could not go through both Isaac and Ishmael. It couldn't go through both. That didn't mean that he didn't love Ishmael. That didn't mean that God didn't see Ishmael, okay? That didn't mean that God, Ishmael's under a curse. He's not under a curse. In any way, scripturally, Ishmael is not under a curse. You need to see that, okay? Not at all. Now, sometimes we want to take sides. We got Isaac and Ishmael, so I'm on Isaac's side, so I want to destroy Ishmael so Isaac looks better. Well, I'm sorry, scripturally speaking, you can't do that, okay? You can't do that. Why? Because God said, Isaac, I'm going to fulfill my covenant through. Ishmael, I'm going to bless, and he is going to experience the promises that I gave his father, Abraham, and he's going to be the fulfillment of those promises. He's going to fulfill those promises I've made to him to make him a great nation and to, to make his name great. And Ishmael's name is great. It's, it is. It's known throughout the world because of this covenant. Isaac's name is great because of this covenant that was made with his father. And, and we see that at work. We see that uh, at work throughout time. Ishmael has 12 sons. Isaac has Jacob and Esau. And Jacob has 12 sons. And we'll get the 12 tribes of Israel from him. That, that is the plan of God. That's how God, that's how God works. He says, I'm gonna, as for Ishmael, I've heard you. Behold, I've blessed him and I'll make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He says, he shall beget 12 princes and I'll make him a great nation. 
but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah, notice not Sarah anymore, Sarah shall bear to you at the set time next year. All right, notice he's telling him exactly when he's gonna, Sarah's gonna have a child. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. Notice God was talking to Abraham face to face. Who was it talking to Abraham face to face? Well, it's the Lord God. Jesus himself was talking to Abraham face to face. It says, so Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among them of Abraham's house. And what did he do? He circumcised him. Now we talked about that a little bit yesterday. It's not a comfortable subject, but it's remember when you read circumcision, it's set apart, circumcision set apart. All right. Every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh, shedding blood, <clears throat> destroying the flesh, fixing the covenant. It says, as God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Getting back to that humor thing. That's a little funny, you got to admit. That's, it's painful. It's a little bit painful. But that's funny. I don't care who you are. Okay, that that's funny. So he was circumcised at 99 years old. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> if you don't think God's still at work in your life, if you don't think God's still at work in your life when you get that age, if you think God's put you in a retirement home, he has not. He has not. If Abraham's got to be circumcised at 99, then I'm sorry. If you're older than Abraham, then you're still a part of the plan of God. The only reason you're alive is because God's got a plan. He's working that plan. Will you please join him in working it? All right. If you're younger than 99, you got no excuse because I don't know many people out there who are younger than 90, who are 99 and are getting circumcised. Abraham got circumcised at 99. That's a little funny. It is. It, it's a little funny. And it's proof that God's at work in your life till the day you die. And let me tell you something. God was at work in Abraham's life at 99 years old. If you've not attained to that age yet, let me tell you something. You have not reached the age in which God's not going to be at work in your life yet. Okay. You can't identify. You can't say, well, I'm just too old for God to use. Wrong. No, that's not possible. He's using Abraham at 99. He can use you now. Okay. And he wants to. And why would you ever deny God the opportunity to use you and work in your life? I, I don't have any idea why you would. And if you would, that's just foolishness. That phrase, that, that if you're old enough to know what foolishness is, you're old enough to be used by God, okay? And let him use you. Let him use you. He says, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Wow. Look at, come on now. Wow. And it says, then the very same day Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house born in the house or bought with money from foreigner were circumcised with him. That was a rough day. That was a, it was a good day. It's a good day, but it was a rough day. It was rough. There's no way to get around that really tough day lasted a while after that. Pain. You can chuckle at that. If Abraham can chuckle at God saying Sarah's going to have a child, you can chuckle at that just a little bit. Can't we? Can't we really? I hope you can. Because let me tell you something. God and his truth are at work. His truth is 
fulfilled. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. It's amazing. And you know what? Sometimes it's just doggone funny how God's truth is able to work in this just totally flawed and ruined world, isn't it? And praise God he does. Praise God he's at work all the time with us. Praise God that he is doing what he should be doing with us. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.